Hi, I'm Jen Sherlock, and welcome to my lifestyle podcast, Live Without a Nest. The podcast showcases people who live fearlessly and have the ambition to create something. I'll showcase change makers who have decided to let go of their safety net in order to survive. So let's jump right in. Hi, everyone. I'm Jen Sherlock. Thanks for joining my podcast, Live Without a Net. I'm with a good friend, Michael Alaruzzo. He is a professor at St. Joe's University and also a certified leadership coach and a friend for years. So thanks for joining me today, Mike. Jen, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Is that right to call you a professor? Absolutely. You can call me a professor. I'm not tenure track, but that's quite all right. Uh, all my students call me professor. And it's a it's a title that I identify with very strongly. I love being a college professor. So yeah. Why do you love it so much? I feel like it's natural to you and it's not natural <sighs> to everyone. Yeah, that that is probably it. There, you know, I got I I think as I was in graduate school, I got to do an in, a couple of graduate internships. Uh, one was working with a professor in his entrepreneurship class, and I got to work with the students who were undergrads. And I, I just found that I, I loved it. I loved um, being a resource for them. I loved learning more so that I could be a bigger, as big a resource as possible. And I always believed I would teach at the college level, but probably not until now. And my first job out of graduate school just wasn't fulfilling. And so I started really very, very quickly reexamining what I wanted. I did get an offer. Uh, to go teach in my hometown at Mercyhurst. And I said, you know, do I do this now? I mean, I'm, I'm 31 years old. I mean, and I said, I'll do it for a year. And if I like it, great. And if I don't, I won't. And I fell in love with it. And so this is my, I just finished my 20th year doing this at my third university. And uh, yeah, I do. I do love it. And it does come naturally, but it is a lot of work. It is. It is. We used to run together on the Fairmont Running Club, and I remember our talks, and it is a lot of work. You're dealing with all kinds of personalities. Students change every year. I mean, if you think back to how students were 20 years ago until now, what would you say the biggest difference you notice is? You know, it's funny, Jen. I don't notice that many differences. I think a lot of people have this nostalgic feeling of how they were when they were a student and let me tell you, I was a B student in undergrad and I was an A student in graduate school, but I was a late bloomer. And uh, I, I've seen my students over the years. I don't think they're that different. I mean, my students, by the time they get to me, often as freshmen, they, they get it. They, most of them want to be there. Not all of them, but most of them want to be there. Most of them are also used to the dynamic of the professor's in charge and I'm going to do what he or she says. Um, you know, you have your A students that are go-getters and they just, they want to learn as much as possible. And they want to connect with the teacher. That's wonderful. You got your B students. They want to learn. They want some connection, but they have other interests. You've got your other students, C and below, and they might be late bloomers or they just might not be interested or they might be figuring out, you know, who they are and what they want and is college right for them. And you have to love all of them because I see myself in them. I mean, I remember when I was a wide-eyed freshman, and I remember when I was a wide-eyed graduate student. So I think students are far more the way, I think students today are far more the way they were 20 years ago when I started than people want to believe. I think most students have a very good work ethic. People complain about the work ethic of today's young people. I haven't seen it. My students want to perform for me, for themselves. I think our students are, I think they're doing all right. I really do. I'm, I'm, I am very happy with our students. 
They've had to deal with a lot as well. If you just think, even 20 years, I mean, 9-11 was 2001, it's 2021. So from that time period, we've all been through a lot. But especially the younger ones with just how the world has changed completely with technology and with COVID and the pandemic. And they, they, I'm sure they were burnt out. Speaking of burnout, just work, you know, working from home or, or doing their schoolwork at home. It's just like not the same when you're not around your peers. True. It's been a challenge for them. And I think teachers need to recognize uh, recognize that. And, you know, there's one of the things I learned being at St. Joe's, you know, we're a Jesuit institution is one of the big tenets of Jesuit uh, values is meet people where they are. You don't meet people where you are. You meet people where they are, where they need to be met. And, and that's how pe- people respond to you when you meet them where they are. And so I try to meet my students where they are. And, and I, I really try to validate their work. And, you know, I tell them, I remember when I, I just had my, my spring freshman and I say, I remember being a freshman and I remember how wide I, how, how nervous I was and all this other stuff. And I was reinventing myself and there was no pandemic and it was still hard. And right. I said, you're dealing with a lot more than, than I did. And, and I will say, I think social media has made it even harder to be young because when I was in high school and when you were in high school, we could leave high school behind for the most part. Now you can't. We could leave college, but you know, we could leave some things behind. Now we can't. I think it's harder for students to detach from some of the stress that comes in some of these dynamics now more than ever. And so, you know, the idea of burnout and resilience, we're, we're needing to teach these skills, which are, do not come naturally. You can't just sell it and say to somebody, be resilient, and then they do it. Um, so I think they have greater challenges. And I, 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 I'm always, when I have a great group of students, I'm always telling them, I think we're doing a great job. Here's why. You know, if all, if all 30 of my students take the quiz, I say, we all took the quiz. Good job. I mean, I'm constantly, you know, validating that. And they love that. They need that. So many times we just, parents, teachers, coaches, bosses, we spend all our time finding fault instead of, instead of validating what they're doing. And so I think they need to hear that. And I, I think they, it really helps. That's true. I think that's so important. And if I think back to my professors, I can't think of many who were giving enough validation if I'm thinking back. So I don't know if that's change or you're just one special teacher because I just remember a lot of tough ones. Yeah, I think, and, and by the way, let me be clear, Jen. I'm as tough as nails. I mean, there's nobody who's going to tell you that I'm easy. And so I'm very rigid with policies and procedures and things like that. But I think a lot of teachers, they, they were taught by teachers who were harsh. And let's be clear, at the college level, so many teachers are really just researchers mm-hmm. who have to teach. Um, I am not. I'm not tenured. I'm not a researcher. I'm a teacher. It's what I do. It's who I am. So I like to think that I am a different breed, uh, which has allowed me to connect with my undergrad, grad students alike um, in, in special ways. How did you learn that? I don't think, you know, I got to tell you, it's from making mistakes um, yeah. and, and from learning the, from the people that, that I connected with. Um, I had some teachers in undergrad 
Uh, most of the teachers in undergrad, I was in big lecture halls, but I had a couple that I connected with. In grad school, it was much more intimate and I was able to connect with more teachers and we got to know each other. Uh, and so as I transitioned to being my own teacher, I always wanted to sort of have that blend of rigorous academics and serious about policy and procedure, but humane uh, with the person. And, and, you know, you can be tough to your cause of academic rigor and policy adherence, and you can be kind to the person and, and empathic to that person and what they're going through. Um, and so, yeah, I think I learned it from, my mis- from some of my teachers in grad school, especially, and some of the mistakes I made. Um, you know, a student asked me, do you have any regrets? And I was like, we don't have that kind of time. Like, of course (laughs) I do. Uh, and I, but I look past those and I think, what do I regret about that? And how can I be a little bit better? And so whenever I get in front of a student again, it's learning from that. So, yeah. So you learn from them just like, or as they learn from you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And my students, God love them. They make me feel young and old at the same time. <laughs> Jen, I have a student. He, he's graduating. I had him as a freshman. I just had his sister. She's a, she just finished her freshman year. And he's going to help me get on something called TikTok. I'm not sure what this is still. Uh, oh, I He's going to help me figure out. He's got a formula for how to get followers. And I'm like, all right, Dalton, my man, like, so, I mean, I'm happy to learn from the students but, and learning from them and listening to them keeps me clued in enough that I'm like, yeah, great. Like, I don't feel, I don't feel old and left behind, but right. I know I'm older. And so I, I have something to give because I've been where they've been, but I don't act like I don't have something more to learn. And so we, you know, I challenge them to, hey, what's an app I should know about? Hey, who's a musical artist I should know about? And, and they, they tell me, and it's, it's really interesting. That is interesting. I know I've always learned from my interns, so I get that. And they tend to know technology better than us, I would say. Oh, yeah. And everything. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see your dances on TikTok. I'm not dancing. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm giving leadership tips somehow on TikTok. I'm just figuring this out. So stay tuned. Yeah, good for you. I always mean to do that. And that's the one platform I I haven't done it yet. But there's great ways to offer tips within 20 seconds. So you'll be perfect to give a tip every day or every week and just to really energize people. Because I find that you're very um, positive and motivating. So I'm sure that students feel that way about you. And you're so motivated that you've crossed over to being an entrepreneur. So I want to talk a little bit about that. So now you're doing some press interviews and hopefully some speaking engagements soon and podcasts. Um, What has made you want to kind of live without a net, so to speak? Uh, I just being lucky enough to have done some consulting over the years for various organizations, do some speaking with organizations. I mean, I've done it for small uh, independent organizations. I actually did a program with St. Joe's with the St. Charles Borromeo Seminarian. So budding priests taught teaching them leadership, and which is a really different dynamic in the church. And with large international organizations like Ferrero, you know, Nutella and Ferrero Rocher, working with them, I decided that I just wanted to give what I thought I had to give outside the classroom, just like I do inside the classroom, that, that 
it's a different dynamic, but it's one that I enjoy. Um, when a it's no different when a student comes back to me after a couple of years and says, can I ask you for this advice? Well, of course. And so I wanted to do more of that. Uh, and so my hope is everything. It's speaking, it's consulting, it's coaching, it's writing. Uh, I've got probably a dozen books that are in my head and written down somewhere in a different dynamic that are inching along here and there. So it's, it, it's just a desire to take what I've enjoyed just sort of doing in the classroom with my, with my sort of captive group, my captive audience, and offering it out to more people, whoever wants it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I think uh, I'm, I'm excited for the next year. Yeah, I hope that you are a TEDx, TED Ed speaker one day, one of the two. That'd be great. I think, I mean, I think you'll just blow people away. I mean, you are a good writer and you have so many ideas. And I feel like you're like ahead of the time a little bit with the things that we've discussed with um, working remotely, how business is going to change and how employees need more freedoms and just people had a lot to think about in the pandemic. And now they really want to go for things that they never had the chance to because we've all had that time to think about what makes us truly happy. That's right. It, Tony Robbins in his great podcast, Why We Do What We Do, he speaks of the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. And I will tell you, Jen, that resonates, and it's an older podcast. It's an older TED Talk, but I will tell you, I think that is the secret to life. People say, what's the meaning of life? It's achievement and fulfillment. And everybody has to define what those mean to them. And everybody has to find uh, a blend of achieving achieving things. And it doesn't mean all your dreams come true. I mean, one of my dreams would be to qualify for the and run the Boston Marathon. Well, I may never qualify for the Boston Marathon, but I can still try to run and work toward achieving other goals. But finding achievement that that is that is right for you. And then the other is finding fulfillment. You can achieve a lot of things and be completely unfulfilled. And so it's finding a fulfillment within you. And here's a question. How do you strive for things and not achieve your goal and still be fulfilled? Um, you can do that. I mean, I, my first two, I, I've run two marathons. Each time, one of my goals, one of them was to finish in under a 10 minute per mile pace. I didn't do it either time. The first one, I got an injury at mile 20 and I, I had to run, walk, limp in for the last 10K. It was very hard. And I ran, my final pace was 1045. The second one, I got to, th to the last 5K. I got a cramp in my calf and I ended up finishing it like a 10.05. So here I am, I achieved two things running two marathons, but I didn't fully achieve my goals, but I'm still fulfilled. I still did it. I'm still proud of it. I don't, I don't look at the medals or the shirts and think, oh, I wish I had done that. I think I did it. I still did it. And so people need to find that sense of it. There are plenty of people who achieve things that just aren't fulfilled. And so we need to, we each need to define what they mean to us and then find ways to go about um, satisfying them. And that's hard. That's hard. It's easier said than done, but I really believe that is the meaning of life. Yeah. I've never heard of that because I feel like I'm really hard on myself and I like that. I think more people need to hear that. Like you still need to pat yourself on the back. Maybe we don't do enough of it with just the small achievements. That's right. That's absolutely right. We need to do that. We need to celebrate big things, little things, everything. We need to celebrate these things. And it's okay to have continued goals. I mean, when I run a, a race, no matter the time, 
I always go into the next one saying, yeah, I hope I can do well or do a little better. But I also, you know, am realistic enough to say, I'm going to let the chips fall where they made. And I'm proud of myself for, for doing this at all. Right. Yeah. So true. Just, I just think of it with Broad Street. I still want to do a marathon. 2020 was supposed to be my year. Now it's 2021. I should think about it. Are you signing up for any this year? You should. So let me say this. You say, I should think about it. I should do it. No, it's the should. You don't have to should. You could. But if you never run a marathon, Jen, that in no way diminishes you as a runner or as a person. It doesn't. The, the achievement of running the marathon should be for you and you alone. And so if you decide not to do it, you could do it or you could not do it. Either one is acceptable. You have to decide. But don't should yourself into doing things that you... So many people, they do that. I should do this. I should, I should get up early. I should do this. What if you don't want to do that? So now it's up to you. And as long as you, as long as you want to do it, then you do it. Yeah, I like your thinking. You should definitely do these inspirational tidbits, even on Instagram, like Gary Vee, because it's true. I always say that I should, I should, but you're right. Like you either choose to do it or it's okay if you don't. Right. You know, people say quitters, you know, quitters never win or quitting is bad. Sometimes quitting is absolutely the right thing. If you're in a bad relationship, quit, get out of that. If you're in a bad job that beats you down and you have to take, you know, ibuprofen every day or Xanax to get through the day, get out of that. Um, Sometimes quitting is the right move. And if it's right for you, do it. You know, too many, you know, Jen, I'm going to give you a little secret. Mm -hmm. I tell my students will say to me, what's the one life lesson? Because management and leadership and life, it's all together. And so I tell them like, we're going to, I'm going to teach this course, not as if one day you're a manager, I'm going to teach it as every day, how you can do it. And I say, this is my number one piece of advice for every human being in the world. It is live the life that is right for you. Not the one someone else thinks you should live. Everybody needs that. You live the life that is right for you. Not the one someone else thinks you should live. And I use myself as an example, Jen, my mother wanted me to be a dentist or had hoped I would be a dentist like my father. My father was, is a retired, very successful dentist. If my mother had her way, I would have majored in the sciences, gone to dental school, moved back to Erie, taken over the practice, lived near them and had three kids. I've done none of that. <laughs> so I've achieved none of that. And you have no idea how many people have said to me, why didn't you want to be a dentist? Look at this big house you live in. Look at this. Look at that. Why didn't you want to be a dentist? And I just look at him and go, I don't know. I just don't. I never have. There's never been a day in my life that I wanted to be a dentist. And I've never regretted not being a dentist. And so when I tell, when students say to me, I don't know what I should do with my life. Well, do you know what you don't want to do with your life? That's almost as important. And so my living the life that was right for me has allowed me to be to achieve the things I've achieved and to be fulfilled. And, you know, I'm happy to report my mother and I, we have a wonderful relationship, has said to me, the reason why I'm okay is because you're happy. You have achieved things and you're happy. And so that makes me happy. And so that's why it works. But we've all got to find that. And too many people, they live their lives based on someone else's expectations, the media's expectations, their parents' expectations, somebody, you know, and 
that that's you know you got your life you need to live your life right so that's how I live my life I know I think even when I was a tv reporter my parents would be like how long are you gonna keep working for free (laughs) because I was probably getting paid nine dollars an hour you know they didn't (laughs) You know, but I was like, I'm living my dreams. Leave me alone. Yeah. But yeah. I guess. And now look at you. You have your own firm. I mean, all, yeah. all of those moves led to this. Yeah. Thank you. It's true. Yeah. You can always look back and see how it always comes, like the, how the puzzle comes together. That's right. That's absolutely right. You know, we just don't know what, what path, we, we don't always know what the path is going to be. So yeah. And you have your own home. I mean, you're doing great. Thank you. It's not easy, as we always discuss. There's always no. something that happens every day, right? Yep. Hump we have to get over. But you're right. It is fulfilling in the end. Good. Um, let me end with this. Where do you see yourself ideally in five years? Well, I think I'd like to be doing, I mean, ideally, I'd love to write a book that would and do speak that would that would and write a book do speak sort of sort of build this out of the classroom uh, these elements to the point where if i want to leave a full-time teaching position i could do that um whether i want to or not i don't know um i've been doing this for 20 years i still have a lot of energy Uh, i'll be starting a brand new course in a week which i'm very excited to teach eight weeks online leadership to graduate students but who knows where my energy is going to be? And so, um, you know, grading is boring. So uh, <laughs> maybe I'll get tired of doing that. And um, I'd love to to be even more like you with my own sort of brand that is sort of it's it's machine that's running and doing speaking and doing some consulting and doing some some writing and also teaching. Maybe teaching as a part time or as an adjunct. I think that would be wonderful. But if I'm still inching along and I'm still teaching full time and I'm still healthy, that's enough. I'll be happy. I like it. You have a great mindset. I think you'll accomplish all of that and more. And hopefully Kaylee talks to you a little bit about it when you guys were speaking, because maybe like she helps me segue. I've always wanted to write my own book and I just haven't had the time. So starting with the chapter was great, but I'm sure she talked to you about it. She's a great resource if you did want to dive into that world. Yeah. And that is something that we're going to talk about more. So um, I was really impressed with her and, and her, and her values and my values definitely connected. Um, So her with the virtues project and, and me with the St. Joe's and the Jesuit sort of mindset. um, Yeah, that really connected. So yeah, either, either a solo book or another collaborative book, doing a chapter or something like that. I could be an option. And it, it is, it's one of those things where you got to make time to do it. So it's okay. sort of like you make the commitment and then you got to do it. Right. So when I did that with her, it's hard because when you're juggling so much, you know, it's hard to get in that writing mindset. I mean, one day I would love just to have nothing going on, but to write. Then you can really think and have time and explore and maybe, right. maybe travel to a beach or the mountains somewhere to really get in that space. It was hard for me. I asked Kaylee, I was like, how do you get into that space? She says she sometimes runs or writes can or lights candles and yeah, it was harder than I thought just because when you're managing all these elements and you really want to come from the heart, sometimes there's a lot of craziness going on. It's like, how can you get into that Zen place? There you are. 
unbelievable. Our power went out, Jen. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, our power went out. We heard this boom. I think a transformer went out and oh my now God. we're getting back up. All right, so we can wrap it up. There you go. I think that's a sign. <laughs> yeah, that's not a saying Mike talk too much. <laughs> no, it was so good. So I was like, if we need to end it there, that's fine. But you said a lot of amazing things. So thank you so much. And Sorry that happened to you. All of a sudden I lost you and I was like, uh. <laughs> I know it's, it's, you know, I'm not running out on you. No, Jen, this was wonderful. Thank you so much Thank for you. having me. I know. Uh, I'm so excited to put this up. It'll be up in the next couple of weeks and you're honestly an inspiration to everyone. So I'm glad. And I look forward to continue working with you. That'd be and great. Keep living, Thanks, without keep living without a net, Mike. All right. <laughs> I'll talk to you All soon. Right. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for now. Thanks everyone for joining us. Please reach out to me so I can feature you on my show. I do respond to everyone. You can find me on my Instagram at Jennifer Sherlock or my business Instagram at Jenna.com. And check out our new website coming soon, livewithoutanet.com. Thanks again. And I look forward to taking risks with you.